All right, you got your Bible, the B-I-B-L-E? No. Come on, get your Bible. Let's make the devil nervous. He's already nervous. He's like, there's too much gratefulness going on. I hate it when people are grateful. I hate it when people are thankful. So now we're waving a Bible in his face, and he's like, and I'm out of here. <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I am. And I am. What it says I am. What it says I am. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your Word. It is through your Word we build our life. We, we have that foundation. We build on the rock, Lord, when the world is crazy and shifting sand, we don't have to worry because we're built on something that's not going to move, that is eternal. It's your word, and so it's an honor to open it. So Holy Spirit, reveal, teach, uh, build the reservoir in our soul, the capacity to receive it and grow in it in Jesus' name. Everyone said Amen, amen. You know, we didn't uh, pray over Israel. Let's do it. And that's deeply on my heart. And uh, I got so much I would like to say. So I think I'm going to put a pause on doing the, telling you now, Joe, put a pause on doing uh, the get ready updates and stuff. And I just feel I got to get back at doing that. Um, But anyway, Israel is is the eternal place. Heaven, you know, the world's going to go crazy. World attention is on Israel, and it will continue to be on Israel. There's, um, Jesus is going to come back, and he's not going to come back and set foot in Seattle. He's going to set foot in Jerusalem. And because of that, you can obviously see Satan doesn't want that to happen. So, the Bible says nations of the world will stumble over Israel. And we are seeing things that have been prophesied 2,500 years ago being fulfilled on the daily news right now. And so, uh, if you're not on the side of Israel, you're not on God's side. So be on God's side, support Israel, pray for Israel. And so as the enemies come to attack and nations rise up against Israel, don't get on the wrong side of this. You want to be on God's side and what the Word of God says about Israel. So the Bible tells us to pray for Israel. Israel is the apple of God's eye. And it was promised to Abraham and his kids and generation after generation. So whatever the world thinks is wrong. We think on what God's word says. Amen. Amen. So let's just pray for Israel. Father, we just come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, the promises that you have given thousands of years ago to that land, the land that was given to Abraham and his descendants, through the, gener- through the generations and the millenniums. Father, we pray for that land yes, right now. Yes, Lord God, yes. that you would raise up a, a, a standard against the enemies of Israel. And Father, that they would remain safe. We pray for the peace in Jerusalem yes, yes. and the people who dwell there. And Father, we thank you for that land that one day, Jesus, you are going to return to that land. 
So, Father, we can see right away why the enemy hates that land. But, Father, we pray for it. Israel is in our heart and in our prayers. And we thank you for protecting the land and the people who dwell there. And, Lord, that one day when you come back, the people who don't believe yet will see and they will know you are their Messiah. So, Father, we thank you for the promises that we have towards that land. And, Lord, we just do what you told us to do, to pray for it, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, yeah. pray for the land, the protection, yeah. and may they, the, their enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we want to talk this morning about something that, uh, you know, if you've been here a while, you know that many times in when we, at the end of service, we are giving the, the prayer of salvation. And in that prayer, many times we'll say, uh, as, as many times I'm leading you, I'll say the verbiage, Father, I thank you, not just Savior, but your Lord. And as we were talking, we realized, you know, in our society today, not many people even know what that means. What is lordship? What, what is Lord? What, what is that word? So tell them what you name the name of the message. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, <laughs> take the wheel, which is Lord, you're in charge. But let's, let's talk a little bit about what is lordship. And, you know, just, and it's kind of a, we don't talk about lords very often, but when we, when you're a renter, you definitely know what a landlord is. They're in charge of the property. And so that's about the only time we use Lord in our modern language, but it really carries that, that there's someone else that's in charge. Somebody else is in charge. And so when we're talking about Jesus take the wheel, how many know that uh, a lot of times we're steering our life, and uh, like the, the song talks about, you know, all of a sudden they're out of control spinning. Ah! And then it's only when we're spinning out of control we go, Jesus, take the wheel because I made a mess out of things. I, I thought I was Lord of my life, but I've, I'm making a mess. So you take the wheel. Obviously, you could do a better job than I'm doing. But... We don't want to get into a mess and then go, Lord, take the wheel. We need to start out realizing God is smarter than us. He knows more. He wants to direct and lead and guide us into blessing. So give him the wheel right at the beginning before you make a mess out of things. That's so Can I good. hear an amen? Amen. All right, let's go to 2 Thessalonians. We're going to chapter 3 and verse 16. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you. See, when, when Jesus becomes Lord, completely in charge of our lives, the byproduct, and here if you're taking notes, here's the byproduct, you have peace. I'll say it again. When you have decided that Jesus is in charge of everything. Now, why do I say everything? Because I think individuals, when they get saved, allow God to be Lord of certain parts of their life. Are you thinking or are you, is it too hard to say amen? 
He gave us that big dramatic pause. To the big like, dramatic pause oh, is there are many that. believers who say, yes, he's my Lord, but don't touch that one little area, God. He's in charge of this. He's in charge of this. But could you not touch that? that that's something that is just under the rug. I don't want anybody to touch that. So when we are talking about Jesus being Lord, Lord means everything. That means you take what's under the carpet, you pull it out and go, yes, God, I give you even this. And when we do that, the byproduct is peace. Now, peace is a big word. Peace is something that just, like, you're not in chaos anymore. You have a calmness because faith has arisen in your heart that you don't have to control everything. Now, if you have a personality where you are a controller, this subject matter is a little harder. If you like to be in control, this is the message for you. Well, there's, I think it just affects everybody. It we does. We all have a human it nature. It does. You know, it's like... You know, there's been times we've been driving down the road, and I don't know what it is about driving, but about 15 minutes into the drive, my wife's like, good night. And she, you know, she's, and she's out. And then, Do I know, really snore? No. Well. Um, and then, you know, inevitably, you know, just changing lanes or something, and I'll hit the little bumps on the road. And okay, it's more than changing lanes. It's okay. the, the, the bumps on Drift. this side that you're not supposed to drive on. And so they wake me up every time. And she'll wake up and just like, <gasps> do you need me to drive? <laughs> and what would be the answer to that? No. no. <laughs> I ain't going to let you drive and 10 miles below the speed limit? No. <laughs> I do not do that. No, you don't. Now, you behave no, up here. But... Um, but it's one of those things that, you know, giving up control is, is difficult sometimes in our lives. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 kind of tells it like it is to us. There is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, but its end is death. And so, if we keep control, it might seem right, it might seem popular, it might seem culture's doing this and nobody cares and it's not a deal, but, but God's word might say something different. Who's, which way are we going to go? Where are we surrendering our lives to culture, cultural norms, or the word of God? And so that's where it becomes, it seems right, but its end is taking us in the place we don't want to go. So I, I just got to find out. I'm just a curious pastor. I'm just curious. How many here would say, okay, maybe control is an issue I might deal with once in a while. I just want to see the company I'm in. Okay, so I would say that's about. Is this your hand or are you just being an example? No, it's my hand okay. too. <laughs> Can I see your hands again? I just want to see who my company All of people right. are. That's good, about three-fourths of you. Company. Okay, I'm in good company. That's nice to know. Okay, but for those of us who raised our hands, including myself, I'm telling you, when you give the lordship over to God, 
to let him be in charge, there is a freeing. It really is a freeing thing. Even for us people who struggle with control, it's freeing to know I'm, I don't have to be in charge. God, you do. And I think and a lot of times when this message has come across, the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life, um, there's not a lot of grace because it's like, he's either Lord or you're out, you know, and it's like, but I think lordship is a place where we progress in our development as believers because we just, I need salvation isn't the beginning of a complete. 100% surrender of our lives. It's a Learning. process. It's a process. And there's still areas in my life I'm still surrendering, and sometimes I'll take it back and go, well, uh, you know, lordship is something that we got to give each other grace in, and some people might be surrendered more than others, but the process is we want to give complete control to the Lord, yeah. his lordship in our lives. Yeah. And I think... Giving people grace is a good thing. Yes. Because we got to grow in lordship. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's talk about the blessings of lordship, and we're going to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Wow. Wow. He is the Prince of Peace. His government is a government of peace. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? Well, part of this was a prophetic word about Jesus coming and what we celebrate Christmas. This is a popular passage at Christmas time. But it's also got some prophetic things that are yet to be fulfilled. But the point that we want to bring is that the lordship of Jesus and his kingdom in our lives, his rulership, when we surrender to his way of doing things, his government, if you will, the result is peace in our lives that will never end. Man, I tell you, peace is a good thing to have. Because a lot of people are missing out on the blessing of peace. You know, when I'm going through this journey of, of the, as a believer, walking the Christian life, and you're, go, you're many of us, are, we're walking this journey, I think, I love how you said it's a process, because every one of us will hit times in our life when, like, our peace-o-meter is like, eh, eh, eh. Are, am I, are you following me? We're not all just like, ah, all the time. Our peace-o-meter sometimes is like going, rah, rah, rah. a warning, warning, peace-o-meter is not doing good. And just this week, I had an, an experience where I was, I know you think your pastor never gets mad but I was really upset with somebody. I mean, I was mad. And they had said something against somebody I loved. If you really want to know how to get me really upset, that's how you do it. Because my little mommy feathers, 
you say something about somebody I, I love, and my mommy feathers don't do well. They get a little fluttered, and I was a little fluttered. I, was, I had to go exit the room and get my piecemeter. My piecemeter was like, what? I'm like, I'm just, I'm so mad right now. But you know what? And, 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 and I got my piecemeater kind of about here. Are you, t- are you following me? And the next morning, I could feel this like, and I went, oh, I have to forgive that person. They know not what they did. They did not know. Just like Jesus on the cross, they know not what they did. They, Jesus said that while he was on the cross. They don't, they don't understand what they're doing. And that person may have said something about somebody I really love, but they didn't realize what they were doing. And even if they had, I still have to forgive them, don't I? And so I was like the next morning, like, that's how God's government works. In order for him to be Lord of all, I've got to allow him to be Lord of everything, including forgiveness. And so I forgave, and boy, my peace made it went, and then I was like, I'm all good again. Are you following me? Now, I'm not saying those of you, and I, let me be real specific, I am not saying you allow people to trample on you. I am not saying you allow people to say things they should never say to you. But you can forgive them and still move on. That's what I'm saying. you got to forgive. You're not a doormat to allow people to just vomit all over you all the time. But you can get your peace back by forgiving them and going, okay, I can move on. So good. Let's go to John chapter 14 and verse 27 through 29. And this is Jesus when he's just loving on his disciples. He's about to go to the cross, and he's just saying some powerful things that aren't just for the disciples. They are for us today. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, I am leaving you with a gift. How many love gifts? A gift, peace of mind and heart. You know, a lot of people struggle with peace in their mind and their heart. I mean, we got an epidemic of no peace. And, but Jesus says, I'm giving you a gift of peace of mind. And it comes through a surrendered heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. And the, and the peace I give is a gift uh, the gift the world cannot give. Tell me, can say amen to that. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. How many know sometimes... Uh, we don't have peace because we wonder what's going to happen next. We're in the dark about something. The gift of Scripture and prophecy is to tell you what's going to happen. We know some things that are going to happen in our world before they're going to happen. And that gives us peace, should give us peace. So if I'm understanding correctly, even everything that's going on with Israel, you know, some people watch it and they get in turmoil over seeing it. But really, in reality, we're just watching Scripture unfold. It's already been prophesied. So some of these things, even though 
they're hard to digest, your piecemeter can still be at peace because you're like, okay, it's right here. It's okay. God's, God's got us. It's in the scripture. Okay, I mean, let's go to yes. chapter 26, verse 3 of Isaiah. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So when trust is part of the lordship, when you trust God, you're saying, you, you are Lord, you are in charge of my life, I'm going to trust you, and when you trust him, your peaceful meter is going to be like, ha, ah, ha, ah. just everybody take a deep breath, ha, ah. you want your peaceful meter to be, ha, and when you have allowed God to say, God, that's, I give that to you because I trust you. There is, there's an, this piece of me is just like. Whoo. So you, you put in our message three M's. I did. You do those kind of I things. I do those kind of things because I think other people's brains might work like mine. It helps me remember after I walk out the door. So three M's. Let me take the first M. Okay, you take the third one. But these are three M's that are hard to submit control. For those of us who raised our hands, we have control problems. Here's the three main things. There's lots of them. But these are the three main things that you're going to struggle with when it comes to control. Well, maybe. There might be others. But this is oh, there's, our Oh, there's definitely others. So, M number one, if you're taking notes, is marriage. Marriage. So when uh, we got married, I was so happy to get married to this beautiful, wonderful lady, and I was happy. But happiness wore off, and reality of life happened, and I thought I was getting married for some real selfish reasons, and in addition to those things, uh, somebody to clean up after me. And uh, yeah, yeah, do that again. How many know that's not a good way to, good reason to get married? Uh, so I had some misconceptions of marriage. So uh, I just thought I could be a slob, and she would pick up after me and put everything away and keep my clothes clean and have food on the table when I wanted food. And, uh, well, how did that work out? Not so well. So uh, things were unraveling, and... Um, you see us now, and you think, oh, well, we just celebrate. I hate even to say this because it's like I we feel just like celebrated a, many years. Feel like an antique, but um, <laughs> we we did have a bad year. Just saying that a, a real, bad real bad year. And so uh, I was like, you know, how many know when when things are going wrong in a relationship, you're just like, God, you got to tell her to clean up my dirty underwear and wash it because she's just not doing it anymore and it's creating this tension you know it wasn't just that it was I don't think I ever stopped doing that no no well, but but anyway I was I would anyway won't get into the ugly gruesome details so uh I went to the Lord and at least I had sense enough to do that and what came back to me is, Greg, submit to me in the area of marriage, and I will show you how to be a good husband to Starlene. 
Well, that's not the answer I wanted. See, I wanted her to adapt to what I wanted. But God's like, no, you adapt to me, and I will lead you to be a good husband. And uh, so that is, Lord, I give you our marriage. I give you my husbandship, and I surrender to you. You lead me. You show me. And a miracle took place in our marriage. And it really wasn't a miracle of such that God did something in our marriage. God did something in me. And Lordship, the result was our Lordship marriage. Lordship made a, a difference in our marriage. Because when you gave that over to God and let him Lord, be your Lord in our marriage, it changed us. And it was a big, big deal it was in big our deal. life. So, it was. So that was one area that... Okay, second M. Lord of, our, Lord of your marriage. Second M, you all ready for and the second peace, M? the peace of God. Peace came back Woo. in our marriage. So the first one that's hard is marriage. The second M that is hard is mouth. You know this little thing? To allow God to be Lord of your mouth. Do you know that is really hard sometimes? Possibly the hardest. It might be the hardest one of all times. When you say, God, I want you to be Lord of my mouth, what comes out of me needs to be honoring you. But when you allow God to be Lord of your mouth, it will change the peso meter so drastically in your life. Because if what's coming out of your mouth is whining and complaining and yada, 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 and not nice things, you're pe- do you know you may think you're going to have peace by venting, but you really don't? Because you've got all that garbage out and your ears, two ears hurt it. And then it just, you just feel validated. And you get madder. Have you ever noticed that? If you talk about something you're upset about, you end up getting even more upset about it because your ears, two ears heard what your mouth said, and then you're just even more mad. It didn't help. What would help is to say, what does God say about this situation? Let that come out of your mouth instead of your mouth. Proverbs 16.23 says, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth. You want to be wise? Teach your mouth what to say. It adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words. Everybody say pleasant words. Are like a honeycomb. Sweetness. How many like sweets? Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Your mouth can bring you health. In your bones. Wow, that could preach right there. And I know doctors that would back up this verse. Because how you, what you say affects your mind, and your mind affects your body. It's been said, if you don't like where you're going in life, change what you say. Yeah. James says it, your mouth is the steering wheel of your life. Like a bit in a horse's mouth and a rudder on a ship. That's right. So if you don't like where you're going, check up check on what up you're on saying. Check up on your mouth. Okay, the third M. The third M that is hard. Marriage. Marriage. Mouth. mouth. Third and one. Money. Money, 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 money. Oh, did 
did they have to use that M word? I don't want to talk about money. That is lordship over my money. No, let's tuck that one under the carpet. Pastor, do you have to say that word? I don't want to talk about money. Do you know that that's one of the things nobody wants to talk about? Just don't talk about money. I have heard that my whole life. I've been in church a long time. I'm very aware of what people say. Oh, I just don't want to go to that church. They talk about money. Well, why not? God talks about it. Y'all have been here long enough, you know, that we rarely receive the offering, tithes and offerings. So I had somebody come up to me, every time I'm here, you're always talking about money. It's like, really? You don't come here very often. <laughs> and so, but we're talking about money right now. And uh, if you don't have peace in your finances, is he, is he Lord, Lord of your finances? Yes. Have and you so, submitted to his lordship over that area of your and life? And one of the, honestly, I get this, one of the difficult decisions we had to make before we were ever in ministry or anything like that, before Bible school, we Honestly, got before we were married. Was, are we going to give, are we going to tithe? We had to wrestle with this, and man, I'm telling you, it was tough. Because you get $100, and $10 never looked so big, <laughs> you know. I mean, you can go to Walmart and drop 10 bucks like it was nothing. But when you bring $10 and you bring it to the church, it's like, you know what I could do with 10 bucks? You know <laughs> what I mean? And so it's like we had to come to the place, is, is he going to be the Lord of our finances or not? Yeah. And is he has it always been easy for us? No. Sometimes we've struggled. But one thing we did is we made a decision that we're not backing up from. The Lord is in charge of our finances. And so when he's in charge, peace comes. He makes a way where there didn't seem to be a way. He's brought miracles into our finances. He sustained us. He's gotten us through everything we've gone through in our short little life that we've been married. I mean, just, right? But... Seriously, when he is Lord of you and your finances, then he takes it personal to take care of you because you belong to him, and he will make sure. David said it this way, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And if you bring your money and say, Lord, and we're not taking an offering or tithes or anything, we already did that, so no pressure, no manipulating here. You just got to make a decision. Is he going to be the Lord or not? So good. I have some questions for you. This is more lordship means more peace. Less lordship means less peace. Here's some. I'm just going to rattle off some questions. Is he Lord when we go to work? Is he Lord over how you work? Is he Lord over your body? What you allow in your body and what you allow say no to. Is he Lord of what you listen to? Is he Lord of what you watch? Is he Lord of your relationships? Is he Lord of your worries? Is he Lord or is he not? Do you say things you shouldn't say? Do you go places you shouldn't go? Do you hang with people you shouldn't hang with? God wants to be Lord over it all. Would you stand? And I know this can be a growth area for us. But the Lord wants us to grow 
in peace. He wants us to go from faith to faith, from level to level, from glory to glory. And I just got to share this Psalms, Psalms 84, verse 11. A single day in the courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live in the life of the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. That's the heart of God right there. Sometimes that struggle of lordship can be a challenge, but when you know what he wants to bring into your life, it's easy to just go, Lord, be Lord of this area of my life. Every head bowed and eyes closed, and if you're in this place or you're watching online, salvation is the first step of making him Lord, Lord of your eternity, where you're going. And we want to give everybody an opportunity. And it is so good. It is so right to surrender our life to Jesus Christ because his heart for you is peace and goodness to give you a life that is worth living. So on the count of three, if you're watching online or in this place, just want to invite you to raise your hand. And Pastor Charlene is going to lead us all in a prayer. One, today's your day. Two, don't let anything or any pressure talk you out of this moment. Three, respond. Raise your hand right here. Yes, amen, amen. Praise God, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Those watching online, would you repeat this prayer? If you need Jesus to be number one, you need him to be Savior and Lord, then this is your prayer. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives me. Where I have fallen short. Where I have fallen short. Of your best. Of your best. I ask today. I ask today. That you would be. That you would be. Not only Savior. Not only Savior. But Lord. But Lord. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. Of all those areas. Of all those areas. Including this one. Including this one. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. For peace. For peace. That surpasses. That surpasses. All my understanding. All my understanding. As I give you lordship. As I give you lordship. Over my life. Over my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.